You know, it's much more than just a comforting thought this morning. It's, it's a comforting truth. Amen? He loves you. He loves you. Boy, we could just almost stop right there, folks. We've had church. Amen? <laughs> Somebody in the building needed to know that. Somebody needed to hear that this morning, that he loves you. I don't know what you've been through, what's been done to you, but he loves you. He really, really, really loves you this morning. He's our Abba Daddy, and we're his kids. And he loves us much beyond what we can think or imagine. He loves us. He's a perfect daddy. Hallelujah. Well, good to have you this morning. My name is Derek. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we are in the series, right in the middle of a series right now, called Gifted. Gifted. And I'm curious this morning, just to start us out, um, how many of you have ever received a memorable gift? A memorable gift. Come on, all over the place here. Come on, husbands and wives, I think you better raise your hands on this one, all right? I don't want you guys especially. Come on. I want you getting in trouble a little later on today. Um, I think some, most of us have gotten something memorable uh, before. I can remember uh, one Christmas. I was about 15 years old, and um, it was the best Christmas ever. I kid you not, I got a, uh, an entire snow ski package set all new equipment. I was so excited. These brand new top-of-the-line Rossignol skis, um, these, these kind of cool bent racing poles, you know, had a little bend in them like that. And uh, then these, these, these candy apple red Nordica ski boots. You couldn't have missed me on the slopes. And not to mention, I also got a one-piece ski suit. You know, I, I, I don't know. Back then, at least, it was, it was pretty popular, and I don't know how it is today. But, uh, man, I'll tell you, the kind of ski clothes that people see and they go, whoa, look at that guy. He's good. He's good. Oh, you see? Oh, he's good. That guy's really good. Of course, I couldn't ski for, to save my life. But, man, I look good. <laughs> I look good. The next day, I remember uh, I, I woke up and um, I was the first one up. You know, when you get excited about a gift, right? It, you, especially when you're, you cannot sleep in. So I got up, I went downstairs, I went, I went by the Christmas tree, we still had everything there, and um, you know, I looked around and I got my boots on, you know, kind of slipped those babies on and got my skis down there and grabbed my poles and I shoved off, man, right there in my living room. And I tell you, I felt, I felt it. I felt that texture of that snow just gliding across the bottom of the waxy edge of my skis, you know. I felt the wind just kind of whipping through my hair, just, you know, that crisp mountain air that you only get in the mountains. And I'm carving these perfect swooshy turns, you know. I'm just zooming past people who are going, whoa, whoa, did you see that? That's what Olympic champion was at. Did you notice? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Of course, all that came to is just screeching halt when my mom came in the room and goes, do you want some oatmeal for breakfast? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take some oatmeal, sure. But that gift was special. It was an amazing gift, and I never forgot it. My dad bought me that, those, that ski equipment. He bought some of the best stuff that they had made back then, and I tell you what, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that gift. I used that gift. I crashed that gift. <laughs> I did. You know, you got to crash to learn. You know that, right? And that's true in skiing. That's true in, in pretty much in life. So 
Um, I, I, I crashed, but I, I learned how to ski. I'm going to tell you, I did learn how to ski. I learned how to use my gift. And I'm going to tell you, it was so fun, so rewarding, so exhilarating. Those of you that, that have skied um, or ski or, or do anything like I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. It's an exhilarating thing. It's exciting. And this morning, that's like the spiritual gifts that you and I have been given. These incredible gifts that God, our Father, has given us to help take us beyond our dreams. Like I was dreaming in the living room there, being this expert snow skier. Beyond your dreams. Beyond what you can think or imagine that you can do for God and his kingdom. Because it's not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit in you and the gifts that the Spirit has given you. And when you tap into that, when you exercise that gift, look out. Look out. There's no stopping. There's no stopping you. You will become fully alive in Him and for Him. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Just a completely rhetorical question. Don't raise your hands on this. But how many would like to be more fully alive in Christ? Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I believe that's God's dream and his, his, his hope for us. That's the dream for the series. And that's really what this series is all about. We have some incredible gifts right here in this room, in this auditorium. And many of you are, are using those gifts. But do you know that church statistics tell us that only 22% of people in American churches today have discovered what their spiritual gifts are or know what their spiritual gifts are? 22%. That's why Paul told Timothy, he said in 1 Timothy 4.14, don't neglect the gift you have. Don't neglect it. I'm so thrilled that we had uh, a room full of people last, last Sunday, right over here in our uh, chapel at 11.15, uh, in our Discover Your Design class, part one, who, who came out to say, I, I want that. I want to know how I've been gifted by God. I want to know. And, and uh, next week we have part two. In fact, we'll be back there at 11.15. Very, very, very exciting to see that kind of turnout. Uh, but here's the thing. Once you know, God says, let's take those skis to the slopes. Let's, let's start to ski now. Okay? You're going to hit some bumps, yeah. You're going to hit some icy patches at times, sure. But listen, I am with you. That song that we sang, oh, how he loves me, oh, how he loves you, so true. And you know what? He loves with a perfect love. It's an everlasting, perfect love. It's nothing like you've experienced in, in the horizontal world that we live in. But in the vertical world, it's perfect. His love is perfect. And it's in that love that God wants to empower you. Last week, we introduced you, Pastor Brad introduced you to a little yellow insert. In fact, you have it again in your outlines. Would you guys take that out this morning? Sure, if you, if you got it, just take it on out. And um, if you're wondering where the outline is for this morning's message, this is it, okay? This is it. I'm going to kind of take us through uh, some of that. In fact, let me just give us a quick overview um, of what you'll find on this. Uh, we've basically taken all the spiritual gifts, kind of categorized them into different categories. The first one you see there should be guiding gifts, Guiding gifts. These are people who are gifted to make it happen. 
They help us move in the right direction. They give us leadership and vision. They help us take a concept, uh, you know, something, an idea or a vision or a dream from concept to completion. And then halfway down there, you see influencing gifts, influencing gifts, which help us communicate God's word. The good news, for example, through evangelism, uh, personal conviction through preaching, application of God's word through teaching. And then if you open up to the inside there, you'll see the top of the left page there. It says fellowship gifts. Fellowship gifts, and on the opposite page, task gifts, and on the back page, support gifts. So a lot going on there. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, this morning I would like to cover fellowship gifts. But you notice that if you take a look at the first letter of each of those headings, it spells magically gifts. I did not come up with that, folks. So do not applaud. Thank you for holding your applause right there. But that's pretty cool how that works. So we've just kind of categorized some of the gifts into these different uh, categories. And uh, this morning, uh, I want to take us through some of them and see if they fit you or if they fit the person that's sitting next to you. Now, I would love to go through all of these, but you would not love that because that would be the three-hour message. And you guys don't like three-hour messages, I heard. Is that right? Is that right? Okay, especially this one, right? This is like lunch is, you know, our stomachs are, okay, I hear some stomachs going already. Um, But praise God, no, I am not going to go through it all, otherwise you guys would run me to the edge of town. Um, I am going to cover just the fellowship gifts on the inside of your insert. So if you flip open to that, um, because one of our 10 core values here at First Baptist Church is fellowship. We value fellowship, and frankly, a lot of our gifts in the church here tend to center around these gifts as well. So I want to kind of take us through. Now, uh, as I do that, if you, as I go through these, if you say, hey, that's totally me, you know, that describes me to a T, what I want you to do is check the box there. You see where it says check here? Each of the gifts has a little box. And if you'll do that, just to remind yourself later on that, that you may in fact have that, that gift. All right, so let's go ahead and get started um, there with fellowship gifts fellowship gifts. I hope everybody is there. Um, They care for God's people. If you have fellowship gifts, you're a caring person. You're a caring person. People matter to you. You're probably very relationally wired uh, person. You come alive around around people. You know, your, your personality hits like turbo boost when people, other people are around you. Now, if you're not sure if this is you, um, one of the things you can do uh, is check your monthly statement on your cell phone bill. Now, a lot of us have, have unlimited plans today. Thank goodness I have four girls at the house. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And what happens is if you have, chances are high, if you have a lot of minutes, chances are high you have some fellowship gifts. Okay? And AT&T probably loves you as well as a valued customer. But um, let's go through some of these gifts here. The first one is mercy. Mercy. Okay, Romans 12, 6 and 8. You have it there in your notes. It says that we have been given gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. We've talked about that over the last few weeks. Let us use them. I like that. Let us use them. Let's take that, those skis to the slopes, which includes the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. You know, a pretty good sign that, that something is your gift or in your gifting is if you do it cheerfully, if you do it gladly, even with a sort of level of ease. And, and people that have the gift of mercy, you know, it just, 
it just kind of comes easy or somewhat natural for them. They just have mercy kind of oozing, you know, out of their pores. Um, if you have to tell yourself, though, uh, to be merciful, okay, if something happens at work or at home or, or on the freeway and, uh, you know, somebody does that to you and you go, merciful, be merciful right now, mercy, 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 what's that verse on mercy? Be merciful then you probably don't have this gift, okay? This is probably not you. So don't check the box. Don't check the box. Some of the people next to you are not going to let you check the box because they know you. All right. Let's look at the definition in your notes here uh, of mercy, okay? The gift of mercy says, the ability to enter into the hurts and sorrows of the people who are suffering. The ability to provide compassionate and cheerful support to those who are experiencing distress, crisis, or pain. That's the sweet spot of mercy. And the Greek word for it is elios, which means compassion or, or pity. We find this in the, in the story of the Good Samaritan, the story that Jesus told about a man who's beaten and bruised and bleeding and left for dead by the roadside. Many of us know the story. And, and the priest and the Levite, the ones who should have stopped and helped, go, don't. And they go around the man but the Samaritan, the one who you'd least expect to have helped, the ones that the Jews absolutely hated, the Samaritans, that one in the story is the one that stops and helps the man. It says here in Luke 10, 33, it says, and when he saw him, he had what? He had compassion. In, in the NIV, it says he had pity on him. Elios. And you know, God wants us all to be merciful. We're, we're, we're called to that as a church, as Christians. But what we're saying is there are those in this body, in the body of Christ, that have some bigger mercy muscles, okay? And that's okay. That's the different gifts that we've been given. And so we see the good Samaritan, and he's got these mercy muscles, and he goes and he bends down to the man, and he helps bandage him, he helps him fi fix him up, and care for him and make sure he's cared for. And people with that gift with the gift of mercy. You see, they, they see other people's needs as, it's like, as if it's their own. They, they have this sense of urgency about them. There's a, there's a sense that, uh, man, if they have a need, I have a need. My heart goes out to them, and I'm going to help them right now. Some of you are sitting next to a person like that, right? When, when you're going through something, they're there for you. Or when somebody else is, 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 is having a hard time or needs some kind of assistance, they're like the first responders. The gift of mercy. Now, if you are like that or the one sitting next to you is like that, why don't you elbow them right now? Go ahead. You got my permission. Tell them to check the box. Okay? Check the box, the gift of mercy. It's okay. Somebody uh, came up to me after the end of the service and said, I don't know. It just felt weird to, to check my own box. Like, that's the gift of God in your life. And God wants to use it for his glory and for his goodness. I tell you, I hope we all have somebody in our life with mercy, with gift of mercy. Um, because that is one of the reasons why we do community here at First Baptist Church. We need each other. You know what? We were not designed for a crowd. And Sunday mornings is great. But you were designed for community. Why? Because in community, we rally around each other. We support each other. We lift each other up. When we're going through something, we reach out and we help that person up. And another time, it might flip-flop, and we'll be the one receiving that. 
And maybe we're the one giving that gift of mercy. We all need to have mercy. And this, what God's word is saying is some have the gift of it. Now, some of you have too much mercy. What do I mean? Well, you know, if you cannot kill a bug on the wall in your home, you may have a little problem here, okay? If you're like, well, don't, 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 don't kill it. Here, take this cup right here and let's, let's catch the bug and let's take it outside and let's free the bug, save the bug. You, have, you probably were uh, given a little bit too much mercy, okay? A little overdose uh, of sorts. Maybe you can go into a can't kill a bug support group. I don't know, but you know, you know who you are. You're the ones laughing right now. You know who you are. Let's look at what, what does the gift provide the body? Okay, that's your, that's your first fill in there. Here's what that gift of mercy provides the body of Christ. It provides care. It provides care. It makes the church a caring place. You've probably heard it said, people don't know, people don't care how much you know until they what? Know how much you care. People don't care how much you know unless, until they see how much you care. You know, it's not about your biblical knowledge or your theology and all that's important and it's good and we need it. But people are like, let me see it. Let me see it in action. I wonder what kind of perspective the world would have on the church, on us, on Christians today, if we use this gift a little more fully, if we use this gift a little more powerfully and a little more often. Because think about it, what message do we have, church, without mercy? We sing about it. We sing, oh, how he loves me. See, here's the crazy thing. You know you, don't you? I know me. And that blows my mind. Oh, how he loves me. As you're singing that song this morning, look at what's front and center. Oh, how he loves me. Praise God for his mercy. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give it up for him. What are some ways you can use this gift? Well, there's a lot of ways you can use, you can use mercy. But let me just give us a, a few thoughts, okay? Number one, you could visit people who are in the hospital, who are sick in the hospital. Boy, that's a place of, of real need and desperation when you're in sick. You know, those of you that have been in the hospital before and have been really sick, you know what that place is, is like. My dad is kind of funny. He had a lot of funny little things to say. One of the things he uh, said sometimes is, uh, boy, you know who your friends are when you're in the hospital or when you're moving. <laughs> Isn't that some truth to that, right? Yeah, it's true. Um, or visit shut-ins, people who are physically limited, they can't leave, leave their home. I praise God we have a ministry like that right here at First Baptist called Visiting Saints. And that's exactly what they do. Our homeless ministry, it's called the Breakfast Club Ministry. They meet every Saturday morning right over here preparing some wonderful food. And they take it downtown and they bless some people who are really hurting and who are really hopeless. And they bless them. They extend hands of mercy. It's God's hands through the church. Amen? Uh, there's recovery programs here like uh, celebrates, uh, First Baptist Celebrates Recovery. 
led by Sandy and Mike Horton, just helping people get their freedom and retain their freedom uh, in Christ. We have coping with separation and divorce to help people who are going through some really hard things. A prison ministry, some of you volunteer for, I know that. Uh, parish nurse ministry, or, or, um, or some of the uh, social justice causes like human trafficking, orphans, uh, missions trips. We're a mission trip-minded uh, church. Praise God for that. And a lot of water trips we're going and we're providing clean water, making, digging some wells for the people who don't have clean water. Mercy. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. I'm excited to tell you uh, that we want to expand uh, our ministry of mercy right here at First Baptist Church um, to better help support you know, the pain and the, and, and the problems that we face, even right here in, in this body. You know, we realize, church, that, that marriages are failing. Wheels are coming off. Uh, people are, are really hurting and suffering from, from grief and anxiety and depression and all of that. And you know what? It's time and it's important that we be real in the church. Amen? And just say, hey, it's all right. I've been there. God is working in me as well. And there's great hope through that. And it's, it's found in the cross of Jesus Christ. Because when he did that, he made our healing available. Amen? We have these great resources in Christ Jesus. And so right now, we're laying the groundwork for a lay counseling ministry here at First Baptist Church. And we hope to target uh, launching it next spring. And uh, just the body, ministering to the body. Because, see, Galatians 6, 2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The NIV says, carry, shoulder that, carry those burdens. See, sometimes we just need a loving brother or sister to come alongside of us in life and help us process the pain, help walk with us in the pain, help us through the pain, and just listen Sometimes just listen and help care and, and pray for us. That's the body of Christ. I, 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 I've seen it so many times over and over again, and especially in community, like community groups, when we get into smaller clusters and people get to know us and we get to know them and we get to love and we get to be loved. It's powerful, church. It's powerful. That's why you're hearing much more. You're going to hear much more about our community groups as we march forward uh, into August and September, and I pray that you'll um, engage in that if you're not already. Uh, and we'll tell you more about this lay counseling ministry as things go along. We'll have a table out. As Pastor Stephen talked about the next step Sunday, we will have a table out there um, so you can, you know, find out more, and it's very exciting. All right, let me go to the next gift, okay, here. Hospitality. Hospitality. Romans 12, 13 says, uh, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. The NIV says practice hospitality. I like that. Practice it. We can practice something like that. You know, people who have this gift tend to be very friendly, okay? Very friendly people. They're like people who are just a parte waiting to happen. They're like, woohoo, you know, some of that, all right? They're very, very, they make you feel good. They, they're accepting, and they're, they make you feel loved and a part of and welcomed. They have a very warm and approachable persona uh, about them. They can also be very good talkers sometimes. 
I just stepped on a few toes, right? They, they are people who, only the, these people know how to make a life-changing conversation out of a, a moment at, in a line at the post office or the TSA line at the airport, right? How, how many of you have ever sat next to on the airplane somebody with the gift of hospitality? You know what I'm talking about? You know? And they just like, yeah, and then, oh, really? And tell me more. Oh, really? Well, let me ask you this. Okay. And you go, I just want to read my book. <laughs> so excited. I was going on the airplane. I was going to read this book. These are friendly people. And you know what, church? We need them right here. We need them in the body of Christ. So what does this gift provide the body? It's your fill-in there. Next fill-in. It provides acceptance. It provides acceptance. You know, the gym I, I belong to, uh, on the walls, when you walk in and when you walk out, you see giant letters that says, you belong. You belong. And people with the gift of hospitality, they help other people feel like they belong. That's huge. Statistics uh, say in, in the church that a visitor oftentimes will make up their mind, make a decision whether they're going to come back or not within the first 12 minutes of a church service. Sometimes within the first three minutes. Sometimes just walking in the front door. So, you know, it's, it's not the message, fortunately. Not, the, not even the worship, but really the welcome and how approachable we are and how accepting and how loving we are as a body. That makes a huge impression on people, doesn't it, on you? You know, there's a lot of you that have told me, um, and I've heard it said, I, I came back because this is such a loving bunch of people. I felt welcome. My kids felt welcome in the kids' programs under Pastor Mark. It's huge. It really, really, really is. And so that's why, church, it is so important um, on Sunday mornings when you meet somebody or if you don't know, see somebody you don't know, go up to them, talk to them. Introduce yourself. Say, hi, my name is, what's your name? Ask them some questions. Tell them you're, you're glad that they're here. That is huge. It is huge. Practice hospitality. We need to practice it. I, I read an article this week about a church. This was years ago. Um, but a church in America that um, uh, ejected a visitor because he didn't have a suit and tie on. Uh, can you believe that? I was like, what? He had a polo shirt, some jeans, and some sneakers. And the deacon says, let me show you where the door is. How many of you would not have made it in here this morning if we had that policy? Show your hands. Come on. Yeah, a lot of jeans in here, right? That's cool. It's crazy. I am glad we practice hospitality here at this church. Amen? In fact, we have, a, we have a team by that name, our hospitality team. And I wonder, is there any ushers or greeters, grushers as we call them, in the house this morning? Just raise your hand if you're a grusher. Fantastic. Anybody else? There are probably a lot of them are in there, in the back, right, over here. Thank you for what you do. Can we thank them? Yeah. It's huge. It really is. It really is. And it's fun to watch the welcome on your faces, you know, when people come in uh, the door. And so encouraging. So many of you have the gift of encouragement. You know, when you marry the gift of encouragement with hospitality and sometimes even mercy, I mean, it's amazing how God can, can use us in huge, huge 
huge ways. And folks, we want every visitor, every person who comes in this building to read on those wall, on these walls all around this campus, you belong here. You belong. You matter to God, so you matter to us. And it doesn't not matter the color of your skin or your job profession or your socioeconomic background or your upbringing or what you've done in the past or what you didn't do or what's been done to you. You matter to God, and so you matter to us. Amen? That's our message. And we're all, we've all blown it. We've all, we've all blown it. So we can be real in this place called church. We can be real. And that helps bring acceptance. And that helps provide a welcoming atmosphere. We say, hey, I'm, I'm not just pretending. Would you pray for me about this? The pastors that stand up here, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. Sometimes we come up here with fear and trembling. Can you tell? Yeah. A lot of times, oh, God, just help me to speak. I'm, I don't take this lightly. Give me your spirit. Give me your words, God. And thank you that when I am weak, you are strong. He can do so much through us if we'll give him the chance, if we'll give him the opportunity. And we're learning here in this church. We're learning in this place who Jesus is and how we can follow him obediently and how we can apply God's truth and his word to our lives. That's what church is. But people with the gift of hospitality, you help do that. You really, really do. And let me remind us, it starts in your home. It starts in your home. Don't be thinking about a ministry team first. Think about your family first. Think about your marriage. Think about your kids. Think about the grandkids. Think about your neighbor. People that are right in front of you. And oftentimes, ministry is the person standing in front of you. That's the person standing in front of you. That's ministry. So I just want to encourage you. Don't glide over those things. Some other ideas? Um, you can throw a New Testament dinner. Call it that because, you know, there's a lot of dinners that took place in the New Testament. Jesus went over to a lot of houses. Hey, come on over. I want you over, Master, to, to my house. Lydia, after she was converted, um, invited the Apostle Paul and said, let me open up my home. Please come. Please come. Hospitality. It could be taking a dinner uh, to, with our Mommy Meals ministry to, to a family that just had a brand new little baby. And what a blessing that is because, you know, we recognize that that kind of turns your life up, upside down a little bit. I've got some personal experience with that. Um, and uh, what a blessing. Just, just say, here, let, don't worry about dinner tonight. We got it covered. Here you go. Hospitality. Could be opening up your house for a community group. It could be right here on Sunday mornings as well with greeters, ushers, and those that help point people in the right direction, taking next steps with our next step ministry the table out there. There's a lot of different ways. Those are just a few uh, to, ways to, to kind of practice our hospitality, but we need to practice it. The next gift I want to cover is um, encouragement. Encouragement, exhortation. Boy, isn't it, isn't it refreshing to be around people who are, who are encouraging? How many like that? How many like that? Okay, what's wrong with the rest of you? I think everybody likes that. I don't think anybody likes to be around a negative person, right? That takes energy out of us. You know what? Encouraging people, they put energy into us. They fill up our tanks. It's like breathing some 
fresh air when you're around encouraging people. And a good example of somebody who had that gift is Barnabas in the book of Acts. Let's take a look. Acts 11:23. it says, when he, Barnabas, arrived in the church in Antioch, he saw evidence of the grace of God, and he was glad. And he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Encouraging people put air in our lungs. They're positive, they're affirming, and they're comforting. They say helpful things. They build us up. They compliment us. Now, not negative compliments, okay? Does anybody know what a negative compliment is? A negative compliment would be like, uh, you know, you really look less fat this week. (laughs) That is not encouraging, okay? Don't say that. If you say that, you don't have this gift. Don't check the box. Um, I'm messing with you. But people with this gift, they help bring out the best in other people. You know what I'm talking about? They speak words of life. They use their tongues for good, and they're always building with their tongues. They're building you up. They're building other people up. They say things like, hold on. You know, hold on. To God's word. Hold on to his promises because he's coming through and he's going to come through for you. With God, all things are possible. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Listen, no weapon formed against you will prosper. He loves you, like we sang. And if he loves you and he's for you, then who can be against you? That's encouragement. And we all need that. And that gift in the church, when it's exercised, provides, here's your next feeling there, it provides affirmation. It provides affirmation. And if that's you, I would encourage you to check that box. Check that box. You might look more into, into that gift. As I said, you know, ways that you can, you can uh, utilize that, in the, in that gift in the body of Christ, you might consider the lay counseling ministry that I talked about. Boy, that's, that's just a ministry where we're just encouraging people. We're walking with them. Say, so you're going to make it. Hold on. Hold on. Wait for God. He's coming through. It could be a community group facilitator. Boy, if there's one thing that really strikes me about our facilitators of our community groups, it's that they are, by and large, encouraging people. They love to encourage and admonish us. And uh, there's many other ministries, uh, many of which I've mentioned already. Uh, but if that's you, check that, check that box, okay? Let's go to the next one. The next gift there uh, is pastoring. Pastoring, or oftentimes referred to as shepherding. Now, this one, is, uh, this one makes people a little nervous, makes them squeamish a little bit. I love doing the spiritual gift surveys. We just did one last week. Um, and watching people's faces when they realize that they've been given the gift of pastoring. <laughs> and I see the shade of, you know, like, like the, 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 there's a good, they saw, just saw a ghost or something, you know? What does this mean? You know? God, are you going to make me be a pastor now? Pastor, what do I do with this? And I just let him be that for a while. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
But a lot of times you can draw the line from hospitality or from encouragement to pastoring because so often it's the same person. You know, we say we have over probably 100 pastors here at First Baptist Church. Say, what, what are you talking about? Community group leaders, facilitators, Bible class leaders. You are people who help shepherd. Yeah, you do. You have shepherding gifts. You care about people's spiritual health. You, not just care, you don't just care about people, but you care about their spiritual health and welfare, and you help them grow. And so what this gift provides the body, you're filling there, is it provides nurturing. It helps nurture us to spiritually grow. I'm so glad we had, uh, we had a room full of people, about 60 or so people, at our facilitator forum this past Wednesday night. You heard a little bit about that. Some of you were there. And just so wonderful to see um, a room full of people who have this gift, who are learning to use it, or who are discovering the gift as well, and just say, you know what? I just care about people, and I care about where they're going spiritually. I care about what's going on in their lives. And I want to help them see God's word and how it relates. And I'm no superhero, I'm no super Christian, but I'm simply just available for people. And we were talking about what it means to shepherd in community uh, at that meeting. And so it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. And, uh, you know, there's another way that you could exercise this gift as well, and it's in the area of mentoring, one-on-one mentoring with somebody. That is such a great thing to do, and many of you are doing that, not apart even from a formalized ministry, but just naturally or organically, and can I thank you for that, because really that's the body of Christ again at work. It should be a natural process where we say, hey, you know what, I've gone through some things in life, I've learned some things from God's word, let me help walk with you, just you and me, one-on-one. We're going to build relationship together, we're going to build some trust together. We're going to talk about life and how God's word applies to it mentoring. And, you know, we ha- I'm proud to say we have that for our ladies in our ladies ministry here. And we're wanting to expand that now to, to our men because we have not had that really in, a, again, a formal sort of way. So we're working on a mentoring program for guys. We already have it for ladies, but we're working on it for the men, and it's very, very exciting. So please pray about that for us, with us. Um, maybe God will use you in that in some sort of way. But, um, but that is another way that we can use the gift of shepherding. All right, last gift on your uh, insert there is healing. Healing. Now, that's kind of a different one, isn't it? Uh, we sometimes have some images of TV evangelists, big hair, you know, buckets of cash going down the aisles. But that's not this gift, folks, okay? That's not what we're talking about. People have made a business of it. They have faked it. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that. But let me tell you that God is the real deal. Just because that happens doesn't mean that there's not healing. Amen? He's the healer. He is the healer. He's the great I am. He's the great physician. We have to know that, and we have to believe that in the church. And I'm telling you today, God heals. He heals in small ways. He heals in big ways. We don't always understand his timing. We don't always understand his sovereignty. But he's a great God. One of my passions um, is, is to help others see God as huge. And so whenever I talk, I hope that's part of what comes out. And when, when, I, when I'm in my prayer closet and I'm praying, that's part of what the Holy Spirit ministers to me about is just see your God as huge. 
Because you know what we do sometimes, church? We make them small, don't we? We can tend to put God in a little box. It's somewhat natural as human beings, but I'm just telling you, I don't want to do that. I want you to know God is huge. And life has a way of kind of jading us and kind of making us cold sometimes. But I just want to remind you that he is the God that's in the Bible. And he can do exceedingly more than you can think or imagine. That's where we engage our faith, even if we don't see it. I heard a message once, a preacher said, praise God on the partial. Worship him on the partial. I was like, partial, partial what? Partial answer. You know, sometimes, you say, oh, you know, okay, I'm praying for this, but boy, it's, it's not really forming. I mean, there's some things happening. And say, Praise God for what you get. Praise God for the partial answers. And more will come. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, boy, I got off my place here. Where am I at? <laughs> and listen, this is not just physical healings we tend to think about, but it's emotional. It's relational. Because see, what this gift provides the body when it's in use is it provides wholeness. It provides wholeness in our lives. And I believe that's God's dream and desire for us, too, that we will be whole people. And that's why we want to have a lay counseling ministry, and we want to expand our mentoring ministry, even expand our prayer ministry to include some breakthrough type of prayer on the weekdays. That's, that's not really happening yet, but that's one of my dreams and our dreams as a staff. We want that. Because God wants wholeness in our hearts, in our homes. Amen? Amen. All right, just curious. How many of you would say you have some fellowship gifts um, on, uh, on here? Just raise your hands real quick. Raise your hands. You got some fellowship gifts. One gift? At least. How about two? Anybody got two gifts? Okay, ready to keep them up. How about three? Three gifts. Wow. Four. Okay. All right. Don't be prideful now. <laughs> teasing. Just teasing. I'm just teasing. Let me just say quick action steps as well. If you haven't attended one of the Discover Your Design classes, one of the next ones that comes up, watch for it, listen for it. We want to, you to come and discover what your design is. Also, two weeks from today, Pastor Stephen mentioned it, we've got our um, uh, Next Step Sunday, where you see all the ministries, all the different parts of the body of Christ right here at First Baptist Church. Don't miss that as well. Let me end with this. There's a family years ago in Texas that was living below the poverty line on government assistance, just really poor. And one day a knock came on the door. And Mr. Yates opened up the front door and the man said, Mr. Yates, um, he said, yeah? He said, uh, this, this, this may come as a bit of a surprise, but um, we would like your permission to, to drill on your property for oil. <laughs> well, I think his reaction was what we would all say, like, sure, <clears throat> sure, go right ahead. He's trying to farm, he's trying to make a living out of it, but it's not doing too well. So they drill for oil, and at 1,115 feet, they struck oil at a rate of 80,000 barrels a day. How many know that Mr. Yates' life changed after that? So large today, it's known as the Yates Oil Reserve, and about 35 or so years later, it's about 125,000 barrels a day that are going on there. Here you have a guy, a family, living in total poverty, as if they had nothing. But truth be known, they were sitting on top of a gold mine. It was right below their noses. And see, some of us this morning are sitting on some spiritual gifts. 
We don't maybe understand what's beneath the surface, but God's placed something there for us. And he wants us to use them. He says, this is so important, folks. Don't miss this. Below the surface of your lives, I've placed some incredible gifts. Maybe they haven't surfaced yet. Maybe you need to tap in. Maybe you need to drill down. Into, but they are there, and I want you to discover them, and I want you to use them. Paul said, don't neglect the gift that is in you. And then later in another book, 2 Timothy 1.6, he said, I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God which is in you. Practice it. Like practice hospitality. Practice this gift and use it for his glory and his purposes. And I just want to encourage you, church, this morning to use your gifts. Many of you are. Praise God for that. But if you haven't, or if you've put the skis up on the shelf in the garage, or if you haven't taken them out of the packaging, start to use them. Listen for the knock. God's knocking. The question is, are you going to open up the door? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, we worship you. We praise you, Lord, for who you are in our lives. God, how you love us so much that you, you came as one of us. You walked the earth. You showed us the way to live. And you died so that we could live. You took our place. You traded places with us on the cross. That, that was for us. But you did. You took our place on that. Jesus, we're just in awe of you this morning. And I thank you. Paul said the most incredible gift, the inexpressible gift, is that of Jesus Christ. The inexpressible gift of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, first and foremost, we want you first in our lives. Beyond anything and everything else. We put you first, Lord, and forgive us when we have not done that, when we've put other things before you. Lord, we come today saying, God, we want to make much of you. We want the world to see what the church is really about. We want the church to be fully alive. And so, God, I pray that you will inspire each person here this morning by your Holy Spirit to become fully alive in you, whatever that means. And I thank you for a church, Lord that breathes that in and out every single day, that we long to make much of you by ministering to others and knowing, God, that you've ministered to us reconciliation, grace, mercy, unconditional love, and all we need to be is mirrors to mirror that out to the world. Not because we're perfect, not because we're something, but because you're something. And so this morning, God, as we continue to worship you, we make much of you. It's in Jesus' name, amen.